Hey, you made it. There are so many things going on in the world today. You need to celebrate the fact that you took a moment to stop and listen to the word of God through this Heavenly Vision podcast. I'm sure God's going to speak to you in a way that will bless you. So let's get into it. Titus chapter 2. Thank you, God. How many are glad to be in the sanctuary? I want to thank God for every man, woman, boy, girl who serves in this house. I honor every one of you. I thank you in your perspective places. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing everything that you do. Uh, we could not we could not be here if it were not for you. Uh, this is this is a a congregation. This is a community. This is a group effort. Amen. And so I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. I love you all. I honor you for your service. Titus chapter two, verse one. Uh, we are continuing in the idea of the standard of learning. Uh, the standard of learning. Titus chapter two, verses one through eight. We're reading from the English Standard Version. Titus chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. It says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men, be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, Sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderous or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the younger women to love their husbands and children, and to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands. I'm not cursing at anybody. That the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may not put, or so, excuse me, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. A few moments, we want to continue on the, on the subject, the standard of learning. This is part two of that. <clears throat> the standard of learning. This is the third personal missive or epistle that Paul writes. He writes two letters to his son, Timothy. Timothy is his beloved son who is part Jew, part Greek. And because he was so aligned with Paul's ministry and message and he wanted to be effective uh, in ministry, Timothy, as an adult, decided to be circumcised. And so Timothy is soon after, uh, he, he, he rises through the ranks and he becomes the bishop of Ephesus. 
And when he gets to Ephesus, he's still challenged because his age, but that's really the only thing that they can challenge as it relates to what God has called him to do because he meets the, the quote-unquote standards of the Jewish community. But now further from Ephesus, there is a island called Crete. And Paul travels there and he begins to build church, build ministry. He begins to build a congregation, a community of believers there. And when he leaves, he leaves another beloved son of his named Titus. Now, Titus is Greek. And Titus has so committed himself to the work that Paul uh, has, has begun to teach. He, he serves and he loves Paul, but he never makes the decision and Paul never encourages him to have to circumcise himself. He goes on and he begins to rise up in leadership in the Cretan church, or in the Cretan church rather, and the Jews begin to challenge him because he is not circumcised. Paul uh, begins to teach, uh, even before he writes this particular letter, he begins to teach about the necessity of one being circumcised, not just in their flesh, but being circumcised in their heart. He begins to tell them that there is a greater necessity for one's heart to be circumcised, even than one's flesh. Because there are many who have had their flesh circumcised, but have not allowed the circumcision to go into their heart. And so even before I get into this text of focus, I need you to understand that it means nothing that you know ceremony if you do not know the master of ceremony. I'm going to say this one more time. It means nothing that you know or participate in ceremony if you have not submitted your life, will, heart, mind, and spirit to the master of ceremony. That is if you didn't know by chance, not the MC of the program, but that is Jesus Christ. So as we begin to look at our text of focus, we begin to see Paul talking in particulars to Titus, just like he talked to, P excuse me, to Timothy concerning the standard of learning and teaching that the church needs to have. Remember, he is talking in a congregational context to a leader. And I believe that there are principles that we need to apply to our life in order to live better. Because this is not a men or women's conference, I'm not going to go into the nuances of everything that Paul says concerning men and women. Amen? Y'all read and study that for yourself later. All right? Because I, I, I don't have time to debate somebody who don't want to be submissive. That's between you, God, and your spouse. Amen? Uh, but what I want to do is I want to give you an overarching, I want to give you a, 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 a more uh, unified image of what Paul is saying to his son, Titus. The first thing that he says is, but as for you, and, and even those four words are packed with meaning. He says, but as for you, here's the concept. One must come to grips with the ascent of standards one must come to grips with the ascent of standards for those who are children of God there is a higher standard that one must ascribe to there is a higher standard that one must ascribe to 
So I need you to wrap up in your mind right now that since you decided to be a part of the body of Christ, since you decided to give your life to Jesus, since you decided to come to church and be a part of the church, deal with the reality that you can't live like the world. I know that may seem very challenging to some of us, but you got to deal with the fact that you can't listen to what everybody else listens to and expect your spirit to be strong. You cannot drink what everybody else drinks and expect your spirit to be strong. You cannot live your life in a hellish or wild manner and expect your life to be used as an offering. You are not an offering. You are a peasant. This is why he kicked the people out of the temple. Because they were trying to sell painted pigeons as turtle doves. And I'm afraid that if Jesus came into most Western churches today, he would probably turn our nice chairs and our nice offering and our little glass podium all up. And our little laptop would be thrown against the wall because we're not real offerings. Many times we're painted pigeons. Because we put on the adornment of an offering, but on the inside we're not yielded. We still do what we want to do. We still talk the way we want to talk, live the way we want to live, and do whatever we want to do, and then paint ourselves up on, on, on worship day. And say, I'm a, I'm a turtle dove. Put the olive branch in my mouth. No. We have to, be, we have to come to grips with the ascent. That means that we have to ascend to a higher standard of living. Nobody is trying to challenge your individuality. Nobody is trying to challenge your style, your fashion. Nobody is trying to challenge your identity. All of that, keep, keep every, be who God created you to be, but be who God created you to be. Anybody hear what I said? Because a lot of things that we declare as, pri as personal class or personal style or personal identity are cultural infused or rather cultural enforced norms a culture told you you had to be like that I, I was talking with my brother last night and and, and we, we were we were we were we were in the studio and, and and he was he was doing taking care of some tracks and getting stuff ready for the morning and and we began to talk about the idea of homosexuality now walk with me for a minute these are just some of my theological machinations. Many times, what people classify as homosexuality is actually lust, unrestrained. Peep this. And again, this is just a theolog theological machination. You can, you can, you can scrub this from the, from the CD and not even post this. If, if, if I'm overrun by lust in my life, then lust becomes the lens in which I see everything. So, so when, when, when I'm in high school and I got a lot of little girls around me, and, and, and if, if I got a lust problem, then every little girl I see, because this, this is the natural affection, every little girl I see, I want to get butter, Buddha. That's what I want to do. But then... My, my lust is unrestrained. I don't deal with my lust in high school. Then I graduate from high school and I go to college. And now I'm put in a room with four other guys. And I sleep with them. And I rise with them. And we take showers. And sometimes they got their shirt off. And sometimes I got my shirt off. 
and, and, and we're building intimate relationship because we're in close quarters with one another. And because my lust is unrestrained and I see everything through the eyes of my lust, one morning I'm brushing my teeth and my man got a towel on and I got a towel on too and I start looking at him and it's like, why do I, why I feel this way about not to say that we've been living together for three, four, five, nine months. And we've built camaraderie and relationship. Walk with me for a minute. And so what I have for you is, is genuine affection. Everybody got a bro. Come on, every, everybody got a bestie. But if everything, I, if, if everything in my life is viewed through the lenses of my lust... Then I start to look at him in a lustful way. And now I'm in college experimenting and thinking I'm homosexual. But when I come back home and I see my old boo, I still want her too. And so now I'm asking myself, am I bi? No, you just got a lust problem. And your lust is the, are the lenses in which you see everything. You can sit at your homeboy's house with his mama long enough and she keep cooking for you. <laughs> like, hey, mom. Man, your mom looking nice, man. <laughs> no, we laugh. But these are the realities. Everything is viewed through the lenses of lust. So, it's, so, 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 so don't allow culture to confine you to a, so, a, a, a certain identity simply because you have not submitted your life to Christ so that he can deal with the issues of your life. Can we chew on that for a minute? Because everybody's not homosexual. Everybody's not a thought. Every, 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 everybody is, is not just nasty. Some people have had lust and, and issues inflicted upon them. And because they've never been eradicated out of their life, it's never been dealt with, it's never been challenged, they fall into a concept that was imposed upon them that was never God's will for them. If I see somebody that smoke all the time, smoking becomes normal. If I see somebody that drink all the time, drinking becomes normal. It's not to say that that's what I want to do, but it's to say that that is the norm that I have succumbed to. But as for you, you need to know that you have a standard that you have to ascend to. You have a standard that you have to arrive to. And here's the thing. You can be mad at the standard bearers, and that's okay. Don't, don't, don't consider yourself, if you are a standard bearer, Parent, father, mother, elder, leader, pastor. You need to understand that God has called you to be a standard bearer. And it's okay if the people that you are holding the standard for don't like you. I, I, I've been studying the Bible for a couple of years now. Read a few scriptures. And I have not come across a scripture that says as you pastor the people you should Make sure that, that you are friends with them. Make sure they like you. Make sure they appreciate everything you do. No. Sometimes y'all going to be pissed off at me because of what I say out my mouth as the Holy Spirit directs me. 
you just messed up all my birthday plans. I don't like you. You didn't just called out some stuff at the altar. You, you, you old, you old dreadlock pastors all saying all kind of stuff, messing up all my stuff. You you're on my Instagram and they replying to me. But there should be a standard that we ascend to because we got to understand that God is calling us to be better because nobody likes fake Christians. Nobody likes fake Christians, right? But the people that have the most problem with fake Christians are fake Christians. Because you mad that they doing your hustle. I don't see real Christians bashing other Christians, fake or real. Because real Christians have ascended to a place of loving everybody dispassionately. Real Christians have learned to, to, to pray for those that spitefully use you. And to... But as for you, you have a standard that you have to ascend to. Then he goes on to talk about the, the, the way that we teach and, 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 and the way that we engage according to sound doctrine. This speaks that the basis of a believer's discourse and directives should be based on biblical truth rather than contemporary knowledge. I'm all for new age thought and, 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 and being contemporary and, 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 and being, you know, relatable and all that good stuff. I don't mind, you know, inserting a few, you know, uh, cultural colloquialisms into my message just to get somebody's attention and make sure that they're following with me. But I'm not going to water down the gospel just to make it acceptable to your. The gospel can't change. We can recontextualize it but we cannot rewrite it. And this is why so many Western churches have lost the power of the Lord is because we've rewritten the gospel and we've turned Jesus into a punk that takes whatever you give him. We turned Jesus into Dr. Phil. We, we've turned Jesus into Tony Robbins. We've turned Jesus into something that's like, whatever, whatever, it's cool, it's cool, it's whatever. You know, I'm good with you. No, he's not good. That's why he died. And he wants to change your whole life. Jesus did not come down through, where my grandpa had 42 generations, baptized himself in humanity, came through a virgin named Mary, lived 33 years, walked these mundane shores. Yonder he go down the Via Della Rosa, nails in his hands, nails in it, and, and for you to stay scrolling like you scroll. For you to stay living like you live. For you to stay mad and with an attitude like you are. For you to hold grudges and unforgiveness in your heart. He didn't die for that. He died to help you change. And so now the reality is that I have to come in contact with the actual Jesus. The actual Jesus that tells somebody, don't cast your pearls to swine. The actual Jesus that says, oh, your, your, your hand causing you to sin? Cut that joke off. That, like, see, we don't preach that Jesus a lot. We don't preach that Jesus that say, hey, you ain't getting no more fish. You ain't getting no more bread. Here, eat my flesh. Drink my blood. You want something to eat on? Eat this. 
We have to come to the reality that we have to have our discourse and our directives based on biblical truth. The Bible is still right. It's ancient and sometimes it's hard to deal with. But we have to wrestle with it. Because the, you cannot erase the scripture that tells you to love your enemy. You cannot erase the scripture that tells you to forgive in order to be forgiven. Like you can't eradicate that from the scripture. It's going to be there. And when we find our life faltering, we have to ask ourselves, have we ascended to the standard of scripture or have we descended to the standard of contemporary knowledge? This is why cute church don't impress me. We can scroll through and, and, and we can choose whatever service we want and stream it and watch it and, and be not convicted. You ought to challenge yourself. You ought to worry. If you sit in a house, if you sit under a teaching and you're never convicted in the areas that you know you wrong. You ought to challenge the people who call themselves your accountability. If, if they know Jesus and know you and never challenge you on who you are. Because there will come a time in that relationship where you contradict Jesus. And so do, do, do they descend to be loyal to you? Or do they ascend to the standard of Jesus and say, hey, listen, I love you, fam, but this ain't right. We got to get this together. This is not the will of God. Every discourse, every directive should be based on biblical truth. People of God, never push somebody in the opposite direction of the will of God for the benefit of you or for the benefit of them. Because you will find yourself in opposition to the very will of God. And God has not met an adversary yet that he can't defeat. It is Gamaliel who says to the Sanhedrin council when they wanted to crucify and kill all the apostles in one fell soup. He says, brethren, let's say, for instance, the truth or, or, the, the, or the word that they speak is truth. And the God that they profess is the true God. I would not want to be his adversary. So we'll flog them and let them go. Don't find yourself on the opposite side of relation with God because of your comfort with this present culture. He then begins to turn his attention to the older men and the older women. We got to deal with this quickly. Maturity from a biblical standpoint is based on, watch this, proper self-management. Y'all pray for me because my language got to get right. I'm, 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 I'm showing that I'm mature now because I'm self-managing my tongue. Don't tell me how grown you are. Don't tell me how, how, how much of an adult you are. How mature you are if you cannot manage yourself. If you cannot control your desires 
and direct yourself according to the way. If you keep submitting to a standard that is beneath you, if you keep being controlled by your will, your emotion, and your desires, your aggression, and having to keep coming back and make recompense and apologize because you went off the handle. You cannot call yourself a mature person. You are not mature, my brother. If you can't tell yourself no. Woo! You are not mature, sis. If you cannot tell yourself no. Because many of us do not know how to self-manage, but rather we are managed by self. And we wonder why we are living in cyclical patterns in our life. The pattern continues because your flesh is still controlling your life. As opposed to arriving at a place of maturity where your spirit can tell your flesh no. See, the Holy Spirit empowers your spirit. Your spirit still controls your body. This is why Paul in Romans chapter 12 says that we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? Because you're still in control of you no matter how much Holy Ghost you got. This is why folk can still speak in tongues and cuss folk out. Because they still got control. So we can only classify ourselves, can, we can only call ourselves mature if we have arrived at a place to where we can accurately manage ourselves. Now, don't allow my stance here and this suit and this tie that my wife picked out fool you to think that I don't have the same challenges you do. I got Instagram too. I got a few dollars too. My car can go to those places too. They got my number just like they got your number. I still get text messages. My number ain't changed since 18. I still, I still got Facebook Messenger. I don't use it. Praise the Lord. But, but, but I, I have every challenge, every temptation, every allure. Every aggravation, <laughs> every, every emotional challenge, just this week, just this la in the last seven days, somebody came up to me. <laughs> my, 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 closest, my closest ones, they know, I, listen, I ain't, hit, I, ain't, I ain't physically hit a person, like as a peer, in years. Years, like it's been like high school since I, since I just hauled off and took, took one on somebody. But I was close. Tuesday, woo, Holy Spirit was like, yeah, yeah, let me see, let me see. Are you, are you really a bishop? Are you a boxer? Because I still remember. And I literally in that moment while his insults and lies and accusations are being hurled at me, in that moment, I had to have a meeting with myself. Oh, y'all ain't never recessed 
in a conversation. I know, I know. Maybe it's just me that actually goes into Sherlock Holmes mode and pulls back from the actual conversation and say, if I snap his wrist, if I pull his beard, if I take his jaw, if I kick him in the shin, if I take his metatarsal and... You so saved. And then I had to hear the spirit say, and then what? And everything you preach. And everything you talk about. And every, and every standard you supposedly carry. Will be slandered because it will be. Local L.A. pastor assaults senior citizen. You will have to learn how to manage yourself. You will, have to, you will have to master the art of self-talk. You will have to master the art of an of a, of a, of a, of a internal moment-to-moment -moment staff meeting. All right, heart. All right, spirit. All right, emotions. All right, pass. All right. Everybody, come here. Let's get at the table. Okay, now listen. Here's the blame plan. Now, she... She going to remind you of something that you ain't had in a long time. And she going to make you feel a certain way that your wife ain't made you feel in some time. And when you start feeling a certain type of way, emotions, sit down. Spirit, step up. Tongue, only say what spirit tell you to say. Hand, don't you touch that phone or anything else on her. Did you hear me? I'm talking to you. We laugh. But those are the conversations that keep us out of. You, 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 you want to be mature? Show me how well you can manage yourself. I wish they had that in interviews. <laughs> can you manage this office? Yes, but can you manage yourself? Please describe to me the last scenario where you had to coordinate a mass exit of your will, thoughts, and emotions from an almost detrimental situation. Every mature person within the congregation has the responsibility to teach, coach, and exemplify Christian character towards the immature. You don't need no collar. You don't need no license. You don't need no title to exercise as a mature Christian. One of, the, one of the issues with the Western church is that we leave all tutelage and Christian scholarship to the Christian leaders. And we try to wonder why the church falters in certain ways. Because the Christian leaders can only see what they can see. I'm not sitting where you sit. I don't talk to who you talk to. So if you have ascended to a level of maturity, let's talk for a moment. You have to now take the responsibility to 
exercise maturity. But too many of us, we want to fit in with immature people, so we will dial down our maturity. We will dumb down our spiritual IQ so that we can fit in with people that have not ascended to where we ascend and then wonder why our anointing is being challenged because you're hanging out with immature people and you ain't trying to help nobody grow. Every one of us has the responsibility. So now you know what's going on at your house. If you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a believer, if you have arrived to the place where you begin to manage yourself, when now, when, when you are in the, in the realm of immature people, how do I know they're immature? How do they manage themselves? And I mean this with all due respect, and I love you, and I'm going to hug every one of you that allow me to hug you, and we're going to still be family, and, and we're going to start packing up and moving together, and we'll go to the next place, and we'll still be family there if you come with us. Here's the reality. If you do not manage yourself where, I don't care how old you are, I don't care what position you have, I don't care where you are in the realm of Christendom, you are immature, friend. Brother, sister, son, daughter, you are immature if you cannot manage yourself properly. And immaturity, watch this, it is, it is, it is not a negative thing. It, watch this, it is only negative if you determine that you're staying. All of us are immature at a, at a certain point in time. All of us have to rise up through the ranks. All of us have to ascend to a greater level of understanding and ability to manage ourselves. The only thing that makes it a problem is if you want to be that way. I'm not mad at my daughter for being seven. She's seven. Be seven. But when she turned 27 and she's still acting seven, now we got an issue. Now we got a problem. And so allow yourself to be challenged. Allow yourself to be trained and developed and taught and coached. Now, for the mature people, you have to understand that it goes beyond just the words that you say. It goes deeper into the life you exemplify. This is why the Lord has challenged my wife and I ever since we've been married that if we were going to have a house, it had to be an open house. I'm not talking about any of you. I'm not telling you what to do with your crib. But the way the Lord began to keep us at a certain place. Is to, is to challenge us to make sure that our home remained open. So now people are going to come in and out of our home. And whatever's in there is going to be exposed. Now here's what this did. It allowed for us to have a built-in point of accountability. Because we knew whatever we may have been doing in that house, at some point in time, somebody was subject to ring the doorbell. And I don't have time when you ring the doorbell to move my crack out the way to counsel you. I don't have time to make my side chick go out the back door when you and your fiance come to hang out with us. So I have to open my life in such a way to where I am an example to the believer. And you got to understand, mature believer, God has called you to be an example. So how you live your life away from this building is more important than the antics in this building. (laughs) 
You see me hang out with four to five preachers. Why? Because they're the only preachers I see their house. Not just their physical house, but their home, their family, their interpersonal relationships. I've been courted by several organizations and, and wanted to be given different high positions. And I let them know. I said, listen, I, I, thank you so much for this. I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you came all the way over here to come see little old me. But I can't follow a leader that I can't trace and uh, personally account for his accountability, for his integrity. I can't, I can't do it. I know my pastor's pastor. I know the man who covers my man who covers me. You have to make sure that you are living your life as an example. Am I telling you to be perfect? Yes. Yes, 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 I actually am. And if the Holy Spirit did not say you could be, I would not charge you to it. But let me diffuse this, this Western, whack, weak Christianity that makes you think you can't stop doing what you've been doing. No, the Holy Ghost is powerful enough to take the taste out your mouth. The Holy Ghost is powerful enough to keep your draws on your behind. The Holy Ghost is powerful enough to keep... Who got a weak Holy Ghost and who got a real one? Who got a Holy Ghost that can make you leave the place you used to be and walk into the place he called you to be? Yes, you got to change. We were studying the, 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 the government shutdown and, and, the, and the, the FAA, uh, uh, the, the people who do, who, 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 who manage the airplanes, flight control. They said, listen, we got to be perfect every day. This is what he said on CNN. He said, if most people had a 99% day, that'll be good for them. they probably get a raise. But if I do 99%, that means 500 planes fail. So I can't say, Karen, I've been coming home six days. But this one day, old girl from Instagram just caught me at Panera. But six days, though, that, that was a good run. We lower the standard for ourselves, but we keep the standard so high for everybody else. Let them get your order wrong once. I ain't never coming to this place again. This place is whack. They service is terrible. All you got to see is one rat. Hey, we have a pretty good rating. No, I seen a rat. And you hold them to that standard. But you want everybody to wink at every one of your indiscretions and still keep you in the place that you've been in their life. Where they do that at? Ascribe to it. If you keep reaching for perfection and if the Holy Ghost keep empowering you, one day you're going to grab the bar. One day you're going to grab the bar. But it is the trick of the enemy to infuse this stop trying gospel. It is the trick of the enemy to infuse this you don't have to Christianity. No, you still do. You still got to try. 
And if you fail, you get up and try again. And if you fail, you get up and try again. And if you need help, you say, help, hold me accountable. Stay with me. Walk with me so I don't make the same mistake I made last time. And if I don't do it, then now I'm walking in perfection. Because that which I used to do, I don't do anymore. You done made perfection too much of a mystery. I'm out of here. Paul encourages Titus to enact gender-based tutelage to ensure relatability as a deterrent to miscommunication. So here's the reason why he said, Older men talk to the younger men. Older women talk to the younger women. It is not to, it's not to promote separation in the church. What it is to say is that women know women. And this is why, while I love every one of y'all and I pastor y'all, I, 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 I'm not very good at discipling women. Y'all pray for me. Y'all pray for me. Because a smile will kill me. God bless all y'all hard men. <laughs> Women come to me, oh, Bishop, it's just, you know, just, oh, pray for me, Bishop. See, listen. <laughs> I'm just going through right now, and it's so hard for me. And, you know, and I just, because your word last weekend, and... You know, and where I am in my life, and I really want to, you know. I'm like, oh, you know, God bless you, sister. You know, oh, you know, I, I, my daddy kick in. You know what I mean? My daddy hurt. I'm like, oh, I, st I look at you like you're Caitlin or somebody. Like, oh, listen. Oh, listen. It's all what you need. What I got to, you know, where, where we going? What I, you know, who I. Talk to Karen. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. And what he say but what you do to him. And what did you say to make him believe that that's how it was? See, women know how to ask other women questions. Come on, y'all talk to me. Donita, you don't take it the same way. You got other questions for baby girl, right? You got, that's, that's some other, wait a minute, I swear, uh-uh, uh-uh, because see, I've been there. I wore the same pants, got the same shirt, had the same boots, made the same text message. I know, honey, wait a minute. So if we're going to teach one another, we got to be in the same class. So women, you mature now, go grab the young women. Have a conversation. Talk about it. Chop it up. Bros, talk to the young bros. Because see, my, my, uh, my, mama get in mama bear mode. Ooh. That ain't none of your baby. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. She, she just trying to get you, ain't she? They always trying to get our young men. Come on, baby. Come on. We about to go straight this. Oh, I'm lying in church, huh? Now, now, I didn't wait all the way to 2019 to start lying in the Talk to another bro. Oh, really? 
<laughs> you messed up now, boy. <laughs> you got a job? <laughs> you gonna need one. <laughs> oh, you're not coming back to the Oh, no, 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 no. You might as well figure it out now. That's training. Because we try to figure out, man, we talking. We try to figure out why do we have a whole generation of men who have no drive? Why we got a whole generation of men that don't even want a license? Why we got a whole generation of men that's good with eating off women? Why? When did, when did that jump generation come? When they raised them? When daddy stopped talking and mama kept coddling. I might as well do it now. I mean, y'all going to shoot me, going to shoot me. And so now we have, I, I thank God for my, I, I appreciate my wife. At a certain point in time, she said, all right, Keon's yours. He yours, babe. He yours. I'm, I, I can't. I can't. And here's the thing. It's not to say that she removed herself from her life. But now, watch this. Anytime he wants something, now she has to begin to build the mechanism in her heart to say, talk to your dad. Because the mama bear and you going to say, oh, well, you know, what you, okay. Right here. I appreciate, thank you, mama. Thank you. But it's only a daddy that's going to go to AT&T and be like, all right, yeah, he need his own. My, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby was like, for real, dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your time, son. It's your, it's your time. No, no shade, no, no love lost because this, this is what a man needs. It's what my granddaddy did to me. You need your own credit, son. You got to get your own stuff. I'm not signing for your stuff. <laughs> but if we don't, if, if, if men, fathers, leaders, brothers, deacons, reverend, preacher, man, if we don't step in and say, hey, hey, young brother, hey, man, come on, listen, let's, let's holler at me. Let's talk about this. If we don't do that, we will see another consecutive generation that would that would rather be breastfed than trained for life. And so Paul tells Titus, listen, Titus. We got to set up a system in the church to where we don't lose a whole nother generation of people. Now, this is going to be tough for us. But here's the overarching principles. If we're going to make this thing happen, the first thing we got to make sure that we teach other, each other is self-control. That's, listen, that's the whole game right there. We got to teach self-control. We got to teach one another. Elders, your older men, older women, mature men, mature women. Listen, you got to teach this. You got to tell them how to handle their desires. You got to listen. This, 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 you can't preach this one. 
You got to testify this one. Been in the room, been with the phone, been in the space, been in the time. And here's what I did wrong. And this is why I got. But I need you to control yourself better than I used to control myself. And in order to do that, let me insert myself as accountability. And so, yes, I'm going to be all in your business. Self-control. The next thing we got to make sure that we encourage is work ethic. This whole lazy stuff is dead. Dead. You hear me? Dead. Now, we have to, now, listen, listen, now, I, I, I'm, I promise you I'm not a Republican. I promise you I'm not a Republican. But here's, here's what broke my heart. Here's what broke my heart. The, the, the narrative that was presented by the government shutdown, watch this. When we look at, now, you, you, you look at CNN, you look at MSNBC, you look at Fox News. What was the predominant color you seen being shown to struggle? They put us on the screen. Because what they're saying is, is that we don't know how to develop a work ethic whereby we can handle ourselves in the process of lack. Projecting this. And so we got to make sure that we develop a concept in the minds of our people that say we're going to work. And we're going to figure it out. Y'all do what you want to do over there, but we got a work ethic that causes us to thrive in whatever situation we're in. Y'all don't believe me? Go back to Exodus. Pharaoh said, I'm tired of these, of these Israelites. Take away their straw. We're going to learn how to make brick without straw. Take away their water. We're going to spit on dirt and put a brick together. We're going to figure out a way to get it done. And I'm tired of hearing my sons and daughters make excuses for why they cannot thrive. They didn't call me back. I didn't get the text. I didn't get the email. It was too late. It was raining. It was dead. Who in the hell cares? Y'all pray for me. Y'all, I, I see. Pray for me, Karen. Work ethic. Go back to your grandma's work ethic. Grandpa work ethic. You, 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 if she holds your brand new baby right now, your brand new baby is going to be in calloused hands because she did not have the option of staying home. She had to keep going. He had to keep going. And if we're going to keep going and not be extinct as a people, we got to have a work ethic. Keep going. I can't. Oh, you will. It's too late. <laughs> Are you breathing? I'm too old. <laughs> Do you want to get older? Last but not least, moral excellence. 
moral excellence. Y'all pray for me because I'm, 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 I'm not even trying to go racial in this. But it's remarkable to me that when a white politician or, or a white official or, 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 or somebody Caucasian in the news is being depicted as doing something wrong, everybody is shocked. Oh my goodness. He was such a model citizen. He just, he just went to work and went home. He watered his grass. He paid his taxes. But if one of us, born in the inner city, to a single parent home, little Leroy never had a chance. Go on his Facebook and get the most horrible picture. Nah, because we're going to walk as believers with a standard of moral excellence. Troll my Facebook. All you're going to see is professional pictures. You're not going to see me with my hat cocked to the side. You're not going to see me in compromising positions. Because there is a level of excellence I have to ascribe to morally. And not just for the image of others, but because I believe that God has something great for me. And I don't want to destroy what God has in store for me because of my bad decisions. You do understand that the decisions you've made can affect your destiny. And so if we teach a standard of moral excellence, it will not be able to be said of you that you are this, that, or the other. Keep yourself, young woman, so that when you're ready to, to be, uh, 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 to ascend to the grand jury, when you're ready to ascend to the Supreme Court, they can't go to a picture of you on Facebook or an Instagram story of you twerking on video. Moral excellence. Because whatever you do, ultimately, if you're not careful, can be used against you. And so you begin to say, I care about my destiny. And while though I'm wilding right now, I understand that I'm going to outgrow this stuff. And so let me just figure out a way to live right now so that the foolish mistakes of the present don't haunt me in the future. Because every mature person in here can give you the story of, I wish I never went there. I knew she was terrible when she texted me. I knew it was going to end bad when I got in the car and seen who was in the back seat. I knew this was going to be a rough night. I should have turned around like, nah, man, I got a cold. So this is the standard that we have to ascribe to. And if, we, if, if we're going to be the church, the people that God has called us to be, we got to rise up. Tough teaching. But we're going to apply this to our life. Because we will not. Listen, listen, listen what he says here. He says, make sure that you have sound speech and that it cannot be condemned. So that the opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. You are taking 
the ammunition away from the enemy when you decide to live right. And this is what we're going to do. Is it difficult? At times. But is rewarding? Most certainly. Is it the will of God? Absolutely. Father, we bless you and we thank you that regardless of how things have been, we are deciding now to live according to a divine, holy, righteous standard. And so we see that there is a standard of learning that we have to ascribe to. <coughs> we want to be better. We want to be greater. We want to be self-controlled. We want to have a high work ethic. We want to walk in moral excellence. So God, I pray that you would align the older men with the younger men. Align the older women with the younger women. Create a process of mentorship, of accountability, of exchange of maturity so that we can ascend to the standard that you have for us. God, I pray that you would strengthen bonds within this congregation right now in the name of Jesus. Open our hearts to one another. Make us ready to receive everything that you have for us to receive. We declare these things to be done now in us, through us, among us, with us, now. Everyone will take up their charge to teach. Everyone will take up their charge to, to, to create a context of, of exemplary living. It won't be just the preachers. It won't be just the leaders. But it will be every mature man and woman will take the responsibility to teach, to coach, to be an example, to challenge, to be accountability, to show integrity. Because this is your will for our life. and This is a standard we strive to meet. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I hope you were blessed by that word. Now, as you go back to doing whatever you need to do, remember this. God loves you, and we love you too. Let's stay connected. Visit us at hvcla.com.